Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. This is episode two of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the powerhouse Jody Mackey of Girl on Fire. She shares her story about how she became a firearms instructor, her huge vision, and her biggest learning experiences along the way. You won't want to miss when she tells the story about how she envisions a world as a village that looks after and protects one another and her plan to help reduce crime. Her three best tips for entrepreneurial success might surprise you, so listen to how she came to use these as her guiding principles in life and business. Jody's passion and commitment to making this world a better place is what this interview is really all about. Make no mistake, she's a total badass, and I am so thrilled that she said yes to being a guest on the show. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Jody and her amazing journey. Welcome, Jody. I am so excited that you're here. It's been a hot minute since we've seen each other, so I'm just so, so excited to see your face. People listening won't be able to see your face, but I'm just excited that you're here. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> so while we were chatting, you were, you know, you were super passionate about like what you're doing and what you're up to. And before we even talk about like what you do, tell me like what's your vision for what you're doing? Like what is it? What's I know you were saying like you have this overarching vision. Share that with us. You know what? I just want to make sure that resources are accessible and available to people who need them to keep themselves safe. Mm. And really my whole mantra or, or everything we're, we're striving for on what we do is has to do with crime prevention. That's mm. really, that's the bottom line. And I get frustrated because I, I haven't heard one politician say anything about crime prevention. Right? We hear about crime in the neighborhoods, but they're not really doing anything about it. Right. Right. And, and so I get very frustrated with, you know, people not hearing the true message on all these things we could be doing to really prevent crime from happening. And so that's where I feel my role is in the world. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty big vision. <laughs> it's pretty large. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said, you know, just to kind of pinpoint that, you know, we've been uh, conversations I've been having with people lately. It's like, you know, we, we appreciate some of our politicians and we, we really appreciate maybe the new ones coming in who have a bigger vision and who are much more heart centered and, and focused on the people. Um, but still we can't hang our hats on expecting radical change to come from them. It really has to start like within ourselves. And so people like you going out into the world saying I'm here and my mission is crime prevention, right? That that's like, <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> that's massive. So, and you know, and the reason I wanted you to share that vision first is because I think when people see a picture of you or they look you up or whatever, they're going to be shocked to know that you're a firearms <laughs> instructor. 
I know they think I'm a hairstylist. They think you're a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah, they really do. I get that all the time. Do you really? That's so funny. Yeah. Well, in a past life, you were an image consultant. Maybe you still do some of that. Yeah. Not do, a lot are you, yeah, you're probably too busy now, right? So tell us, tell us, um, I forgot to even ask, where are you in the world right now? I'm in North Carolina right now. I'm away <laughs> from home, but I'm here. I'm happy to to found a place. Yes, I usually come here every couple months or so. I have a big market here that I that I train regularly. So tell us a little bit about your firearms training, like your your um the way you do it, you know, your approach. Because I think that that's that's really important. I think a lot, especially people who are like really anti-gun, right? They're like, oh my God, more gun training. But if people are gonna buy firearms, at mm-hmm. least they ought to be trained how to handle them responsibly and in a way that's in alignment with who they really are as people rather than being super fear-based. So I would love to hear your your approach to training. Okay, I would love to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. The antithesis of, of many that are out there. And, and, I, and I do find that those people that, that were maybe previously anti-gun decided I better go get one because I'm very worried about my family and I'm not sure what else to do. Mm. So we have those people. We have the people that absolutely never imagined they would do it and still have that, that hold that line. And I'm not a gun person. I've always said that I'm not a gun person. I don't care about guns. I'm not a, uh, I don't love firearms. I don't have, you know, hundreds of them in my basement. Like that's not, I'm not that person. Right. (laughs) And that's, that's different for than a lot of people that are in this industry. That's not what I'm about. I am a, about personal safety and making sure that everyone has access to good training on how to, really keep themselves safe and not vulnerable either from home invasions because we have now our current statistic one every 13 seconds nationwide. Wow. And and I see a lot happening in the Baltimore area and I see it expanding even more in the Delaware, Wilmington area. A lot of these places, I don't know why and what the drive is, but it's increasing more and more. So the home invasions, we have uh, domestic violence increasing because of our current state of the world as well. Mm. Uh, We also have, you know, general crime happening because of the economy downturn. And and so all these things are big considerations when it comes to training people, because we need to keep in mind that they're all dealing with multiple levels of potential crimes on a regular basis. And so how can we best help them so that they're not vulnerable. And that's not just a a firearm. That's truly really keeping them having education and training with, with less than lethal options like pepper spray and flashlights and, and all these other potential things that they could use that are not necessarily lethal because we don't want anyone to use it. And that's really the, the basis for my training is I never want anyone to have to use the firearm. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to make too. It's, you know, one is not to use the firearm, but the other is, it sounds to me like you're empowering people to be unafraid or less afraid. I mean, I think a little fear is probably, you know, somewhat healthy, but to not walk around in fear. I mean, you know, we know kind of about quantum physics and what happens with energy and being able to read people's bodies. Like if they're walking around terrified, somebody who wants, who has bad intentions mm-hmm. will find those people. Right. So I think, I mean, I feel like you're, you're sort of creating a shift in consciousness in a way, you know? Yeah. 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 And and my whole goal is, I I don't want anyone to be a victim of a crime, 
because then they do live in fear later that's going to happen again and they feel more vulnerable out in the world and lose their sense of freedom. Mm. And and if you've not had a crime against you, you walk around the world like you have you're you're free. You can do what you want, you can go where you want, you have no sense of fear. If you have a crime against you, whether that be inside your home with domestic violence, whether it be outside of your home, whether it be a home invasion, whether, you know, it it could be anything. It could be uh, be being targeted at a workplace, you know, with a with an off- a potential offender. All those things really take away people's sense of freedom when they're mm-hmm. out in the world, and that's really what I don't want people to have to experience. Which is why I hope that they get the education in advance of those things happening, so they have tools. Right. So, okay, you we've known each other for a long time since before we had kids, and since we're only you know twenty seven. Um, uh, yes, yeah. I know we're right. Yes, young. right. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, you went from like health club management, wellness centers, image consulting to firearms training. <laughs> Please, would you be willing to explain how the heck you got here? Like, what was your journey that really brought you to this place? And and I mean, it's so clear that you're really solid in your mission and your vision. What what precipitated that? Well, it was truly a life experience that brought me there. I know when I had my son he wasn't allowed to say the word gun or even have toy guns in the house when he was young. And so mm-hmm. now here I am, you know, 360 degrees on the other side. Uh, but what happened truly to me to drive me with the passion that I have is I, I actually was doing a lot of marketing consulting at the time. And I met someone who owned a firearms training academy. And we started to date and I started to do his marketing And then I started to actually shoot and I was really good. And I had people asking me if I could train them. And so I got all my credentials and got deeper into the industry. And I was really working 90% in his business and 10% in mine with all the income going in his business account. And so I also had, I know (laughs) it was also the financial control. So, so he escalated every year I was with him and it was truly a textbook domestic violence situation. If you Mm -hmm. look at it. And, and so I had a really hard time trying to figure out how to get out of it once, uh, once I realized where, what level the escalation was at. Mm. And, and so I started to research different options. And once you're in a certain income level, especially if you have a child, which I do, not his, but I have that child, you're not going to go to a shelter. You're going to stay. And you can't reach out to the people in your inner circle because you've had to distance yourself from them because you're isolated. And so you don't feel comfortable asking them. Yeah. And that's their game, co- right? Yeah. They break you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our county actually had a program and, and they said, well, what we do is we do a long interview first and then we bring it to our board and then we try to get approved and then we try to raise the money. Then we try to find you a place. I'm like, okay, by then I'm totally going to be dead. Right. Because by the time I'm calling, the escalation level is very high. Mm-hmm. And and so at that point, I was trying to find other ways. And, and I found a place with a minimal deposit and one month free. And <sighs> I moved in. And, and within two weeks, I had my website up and my company launched. And now I'm in 14 states. He's still in two. So, <laughs> yeah, success is the best revenge. <laughs> it really is. It really is. But but that but I never would have imagined that I would have been in this industry. But through that, I really wanted to help others not feel like they had that loss of freedom by having crimes against them. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I feel like my true drive comes from mm-hmm. is is really wanting people to not feel that vulnerability at the yeah. end of the day. 
Well, you know, uh, you've come a long way and I'm so proud of you for, for seeing it. You know, it's, it's hard. I think people who have never experienced or been close to somebody who's experienced domestic violence really don't understand. The questions are always more, more like victim blaming, right? Why aren't you leaving? Why don't you just leave? Well, mm-hmm. you know, or why do you let them do that? It's even worse, mm-hmm. right? But you, something inside of you grew very strong. And I believe that this is, you know, really where your mission has come from was that your personal experience and you learned a way to, to, to leave in a way that didn't further endanger you. Right. I think, I think you mentioned like one of the reasons that you were not seeking law enforcement support was that if he lost his credentials, then there would be nothing to stop him. Exactly. Right. That's a terrifying thought. How do you, how, I mean, it's been several years now, but how, were you living in terror for a while or how did you I overcome was, that feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I was, but I think that the more, the more I be, was able to gain tools for myself. So I didn't feel that vulnerability. Then I was that slowly chipped away at a lot of that so that I didn't have that, that feeling that at any minute he was coming back. And, and it is, you know, narcissists, it, mm-hmm. it is a problem because I feel like they are never done you know, so you never actually know, you know, how that may evolve in the future. But Mm -hmm. at this point, you know, based on all these things that I've put in place, and, and how I'm always keeping that awareness at top of mind, I truly am living like that to make sure that I'm keeping myself and my family safe at the same time. And we're never going to have to revisit that situation Mm -hmm. again with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I really think that it, there was an evolution and, and I talked to women that, that are in it or have been in it in different phases. And, and one of the things that also is integral in that healing is having a partner. If you can find a partner that, that is the antithesis of that one that can truly support you in a different way. I feel that that slowly heals those bad experiences because you don't have that sense of, you know, he's going to rage or he's going to do all these things, or you're going to, you don't have, you kind of have to heal all of that so that you can be in a healthy relationship. Uh, But I think that that, that person, that better person for you also helps with some of that healing as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think we, we seek out qualities, right? Like we, we create our circumstances and so we seek out qualities in people that we need at some time, not that you needed to be in a, in a violent situation, but there were other qualities about this person that drew you to him. I mean, I met him, so he's gregarious and outgoing, and these are like great qualities. And it was like different from what you had experienced in your, in your marriage, right? With someone who was very quiet. And so sometimes we overlook stuff, right? We're in a place. And so to, for just, again, kudos to you for having gone through that and come to the other side so determined to support primarily women, right? I mean, men are certainly um, victims of domestic violence. And of course we have trans women who are, are victims of domestic violence, but, you know, primarily it's women mm-hmm. um, and trans women. And, you know, we see, we see this happening all the time. We see it in the news, we hear about it. I mean, I can, I know a lot of people who have been in situations. So in addition to being a firearms instructor, you've really expanded that vision to create something else. And you definitely, you know, we talk a lot in entrepreneurship about seeing a gap and filling it, right? It's always an opportunity and you have seen a gap one in the system and also in what's available as far as empowering women or anybody in a domestic violence situation to, to get out or to avoid it altogether. So tell me a little bit about what you're, what you're doing there. Well, one of the things with our, we, our college campus 
assault prevention training that we have available when schools ever get back in, in <laughs> that one fine day <laughs> when we get back in, in, in schools. But, but we include a module of training on recognizing potential abusers, because I do feel that these traits, they have a playbook and they have the same words. They, they use the same techniques. And, uh, and so yeah, they're actually really boring. It's really, it's kind of pathetic that they can't even be original. <laughs> Right. It really is like, yeah, they feel for, they, it's a, just a, a it's certain like a textbook. Playbook. Like it really is. It really, it's really is. It's like five pages long and it's, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but, but in terms of educating on recognizing those signs in advance, I feel is very, very important because they can get into it that when they're young and get in a pattern and have a hard, hard time getting out of that. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to create that awareness early on. And whenever I have an opportunity to do any women's classes, we incorporate that module in because we want people to be trained. And then also training people who may know someone who's in it and how can you help them get out when they're isolated and Mm. and giving them tools to also help their inner circle of people that they know are in these positions right now, but they don't know how to reach them. Yeah, And so we include that as well. And then I also have when the women come to me in those desperate situations, because when they're coming to me, now the spouses or exes of the offenders are getting out of jail Mm. in shortly. And now they are threatened with having them come and kidnap their children or come after them because they know that they still have an opportunity there because they felt like they were a witness in some of their cases. So they're going to come and find them. Mm. And and when we talk about domestic violence groups in general, I see a lot of the the anti-gun message. But the problem is that I believe it comes full circle because the system doesn't help anybody and the police come after everything's done to take the pictures. Yes. I mean, they really don't give you any tools. And, and when they're walking through restraining orders to kidnap children, now they need something, right? And mm-hmm. I still don't want them to use it. But after they are out and they are able to get the proper training, they're they're not having it accessible to anybody, including the offender, except for that woman that is trained. And then she also has those less than lethal options and those other strategies to make sure that she's not so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. At that point, I feel that that's necessary. And, and so I really am sad that that has to be, you know, where we are. But as we look at more and more women, when we don't have any p- other part of the system working for them, what else are they supposed to do? Right. And I have uh, one particular woman that said, I can't move again. I have children. As soon as I do a protective order against my offender, Maryland, the state requires that the protective order has my address on it that is going to be be presented to the offender. What kind of systems are we dealing with? That's pretty messed up. Yeah. And so she feels like she doesn't want to do another protective order because she doesn't want to be exposed on where she's living. Mm -hmm. Her previous protective order was a problem because she works in a hospital and they can't include that on a protective order because it's a public community service that people need to access. You know, there's a lot of fundamental issues within the systems that aren't working for those people that need that help. Yeah. And just to be clear for people who are listening, this is in no way saying that women are responsible for men's actions or their abuser's actions or that anybody is responsible for their abuser's actions. This is a way to empower them to live with freedom. It doesn't mean that, oh, well, if you just change your behavior, the guy's not going to come back because he right. could, he could no. try. Um, and so in speaking of that, I know we, before we started recording, you touched on it a little bit in your firearms trainings, 
you talk about domestic violence and you got a lot of dudes in there learning how to use guns and you're teaching this in a way that teaches them one, the responsibility of not using the gun. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but also tell, tell me a little bit about like, what, what is your messaging while you're teaching those classes and how, what do you think the men, or what do you intend for the men to take away from it? Cause you know, Jen, I mean, of course, you know, statistics and blah, blah, blah. We know that, you know, women also abuse, but by and large, men are the perpetrators of gender violence. So what is the message that you intend for them to leave with? Well, I think that there are many different ones that depending on who's in the class and, and I can really feel from them why they're getting it, or they tell me why they're getting it, or or their, the attitudes and the egos and some of those things that come into play. I feel that it is my job to help try to reset that so that they can have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And when we look at people coming into those classes, especially males versus females, I'm not saying, you know, one's better than the other and it's everybody. I'm saying a tendency to have the males especially come in thinking that they're going to be bulletproof because they have a gun and they cannot have any type of offense against them. And, and we know that that's absolutely not true, but, but a lot of YouTube and all the tactical Joes out there like to put out, you know, you're, you can take out the, you know, the bad guys and be responsible for the neighborhood and all of these messages that are really doing a disservice to our community as a whole, because our goal is to really make sure that we have the ability to protect ourselves and our families, but just be really smart about you know, our surroundings and all those other things. And we are by no means bulletproof. And there are multiple levels of training, multiple levels of mindset that you need to be at before you can even think about using that firearm. And I have had people at the end of my classes come to me and say, thank you so much. I've actually decided after this class not to purchase a firearm. And to me, that means that I did my job because they now understand the gravity and the responsibility as well as the legality of all of that if they're going to be negligent in any shape or form. And they know that I'm not going to sign off on that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you have the final say in whether they get their certification. Right. Mm -hmm. So they don't just take the class and they complete the class and leave with a certificate. You're actually holding them responsible. I for... am. And they're doing a qualification as well. And if I don't feel comfortable that that's going to be used in the proper way uh, or, or with the proper mindset, then I'm happy to not pass them. I, that's, mm -hmm. that's, this is not only a, this isn't about money for me. This is also a big moral issue and integrity. This has nothing to do with, I want everybody to have a gun. Absolutely not. I want people to have access to training to keep themselves and their families safe. It has nothing to do with the firearm. So if you're just coming because you think you're going to be Rambo, then that you're not going in the proper class. Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny. Uh, you mentioned, you know, guys getting their, you know, a lot of boys are getting their role models from YouTube videos and, and shoot them up video games and things like that. And that like the new sort of the new symbol of masculinity is some dude holding an AR. And it's, I think that's really strange because when I see somebody, you know, when I see that image, I think, Hmm, wonder what he's compensating for. Like, I don't think like, Ooh, he's studly. Right. right. <laughs> like, but, but the, I, you know, that's the messaging. That's the marketing. This has been the thing. It's like tough guys. And we still have so much, so much of that in society and, you know, it's a little side note, but it's my mission with my kids to not to teach them to be tougher, 
to be in a tough world. It's to teach them to be compassionate so the world becomes less tough, you know? And it sounds to me like you're doing the same in your trainings. And I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about the magnitude of the ripple effect that you're creating. And like, while you were talking, I was feeling like this rising in my body of just like, wow, this is, there's so many ways to reach people and create a shift of consciousness, right? This mindset of, you know, fear and aggression and, and shoot them up and killing. And, you know, and, and then the rest of us sitting over here going, Oh my God, it's so scary. I don't want to walk in the street. I'm terrible. You know, like I don't want anybody to live like that. I also want the people who feel that they need to be aggressors to learn. It's just that they're not bad people. They're doing bad things and hurt people hurt people. So if there's a way that we can soften everything around them, maybe they won't feel the need to do that as much. Hopefully somebody can reach them, you know, right. but, but empowering people, it's not my mission in life to go after, you know, criminals, <laughs> violent criminals. But, um, but I do believe that, you know, the more we can reach people and empower them and teach them to be kind and compassionate and to see one another's humanity, including hardened criminals, right? At one point they were they were a little kid. They were a little boy or a little girl playing on the playground and and with stars in their eyes and some hope. Something stole their hope and stole their light, right? So their experiences have created this. So, you know, being able to 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 empower people to live in less fear will empower those around them to also live in less fear. I mean, I truly believe that you are doing something that is has the potential to have a global reach. I, I didn't know you're in 14 states already. So that's like <laughs> really amazing. Really amazing. Well, but the other message that we continue to, to put out is that we need to be a community. Mm. Our our other division that we have for active shooters and colleges and all those things is called Armored Village, and oh, our hash <laughs> and our hashtag is Protect My Brother, mm. because the only way we're going to fix these crimes is if we now feel responsible for each other and taking action. And when you look at the kids in school that make those decisions of, of moving towards violence, those are the kids that are isolated and no one has stepped out and protected their brother, right? Mm -hmm. If we only had kids trying to befriend those kids that are on the island, that could take them off their violent path and they could be put be the hero that would save the community. And, mm -hmm. and so that I also like to put that responsibility out to those people in those classes that not only for you in your own communities, your churches, your neighborhoods, your, your companies, your children's responsibility and giving them that empowerment to say, you can save the community by making sure that you are protecting your brother and we are a community. And that's really the only way I believe we're going to fix these crimes ultimately. Yeah. It takes love, really. I mean, that sounds hokey to <laughs> most people, <laughs> but but it does. I mean, I, I mean, you're so you're so lit up, and you're so passionate about this. And and I, tr I mean, again, just to be boring and say it again, I really believe that you're that you're changing the world, and and I'm so appreciative of what you do. And uh, you know, there's so many people whose lives you've saved already. I'm sure. I'm sure. I so. Don't know. Do you? Yes, you have for sure. So approximately how many people have you trained? Thousands now. I yeah. think I, I've certified like over a thousand instructors. I've, I've certified thousands of people for, for either purchases or permits or, or other types of trainings. So many, very many. <laughs> Amazing. So you're up to big things. You're working on, I know you have a university program, which is probably, you know, slightly stymied right now. Um, <laughs> but what's next for you? Well, we're, we're going to continue to work with the agencies because one of the other, other passions that I have 
is making sure that all of the people that work within our agencies, because I train a lot of FBI and Homeland Security and law enforcement, one of the other basic fundamental issues with our agencies and our current training is that their firearms accuracy rates are very, very low. Mm. And if you look at law enforcement, it's 17 to 22% in incidents hitting their intended target nationwide. And we don't hear yeah. that information, yeah. right? And, and so we look at excessive force cases and some of this, I believe, comes from their inability and fear because they're just trying to make sure they can save themselves. It's not that they're trying to overkill someone. They just are not, they're fearful for their lives because they don't have those skills. And I'm not blaming the individuals for this. I'm blaming our systems because our standards are too low. Mm. And so I have a marksmanship platform for agencies and I've been training more of them because they're realizing that this is a liability for them. I need them to have that level of accuracy, especially when we're looking at terrorists and active shooters. And they need to hit their target without shooting the neighborhood, right? right. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's one of one of the paths that we're going to continue to move forward with. And we also want to continue with our active shooter prevention platforms and educating people on other ways on how to prevent this. Because I continue to say we are prevention, not aftermath. I don't mm -hmm. want to be dealing with any aftermath situations because yeah. there are many levels of things we can do in advance of that to be able to prevent it from happening. Yeah. And, and so we're excited to spend more time and get more people educated within that realm. And uh, I actually have a concealed carry line for women that's going to be launching. It was supposed to launch this year, but our manufacturing slowdown is a problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, and undercover agents will be able to use it, which I'm very excited about. And so that's going to be coming out in the next year. So we have a lot of different things. Is it like fashion? <laughs> is it boots? Is it, it is. like, I can't oh! tell you what it is. I okay. can't tell you or I have to okay. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably, and you could, I know you could. <laughs> yeah. So I can't tell you what it is, but, it, but we're very excited. We're trying to get that out this next year and it'll translate to men's as well. And it's something that's safer. Yeah. And a lot of the things that are out there that women are doing now, which was important to me, is yeah. always about the safety part of it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it, let's make sure it's the safest option for you. Yeah. And so that's one of the other things. But, but yeah, we have a lot on the on the plate. <laughs> that's so exciting. So so for entrepreneurs who are listening, I want to I want to like kind of pull out a concept here that um, I think is really cool. So you're doing this thing and it's very detailed, right? And you have several different things that you're doing, but the greater concept is in prevention and empowerment. And so for, for people who might be thinking, well, I don't know if I should do that because I don't know, go back to your greater vision and picture what the world could be like with that vision, right? So I, I don't, I haven't heard you say completely, you know, what that looks like, but you're, I'm gathering from you, you know, it's a world, it's a safe place. People can have fun. They're watching each other's backs. They're living their lives. There's less mm -hmm. crime because people are experiencing love and connection and community and all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever our listeners, you know, your vision is start with that. Don't start with a little nitty gritty, you know, BS that keeps you from getting started. Go up to right. that bigger vision and see that. And because I know that your vision has grown over the years. You know, how long have you been doing this? I've been now, I think eight years. Yeah, I, I was thinking eight or nine. Three and about yeah. six. I've had I've, it's, um, just over six years for my business. Yeah. yeah. And you've grown, gosh, you've grown it a lot in six years, you know. And so let's talk a little bit about like the, the, the slog. Because <laughs> I think people might leave this and be like, wow, 14 states, she's, you know, she just like got up and did it. But like, really, what did it start out as? You were. Yeah. I mean, working all the time, just trying to build it. 
mm-hmm. right? And 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 one of the things that I think even now people struggle with with the work at home thing. It's not easy to work at home and create your own schedule and be disciplined and all those other things. And that's where I feel yeah. like the passion co- comes in to create that drive because if you don't have that, it's really difficult to keep going when things are not always going your way because it doesn't get planted in your lap. It does not do it. If you build it, they will not just come. And I say that yeah, to my instructors all the time. Like you, They're not just going to come to you just because you're putting it out there. No, there's multiple levels of things that need to happen for you to be able to actually build it to be successful. And, and it's to me, I feel like it's not letting those those little things of you not winning, but it's the not winning part that I feel is bigger challenge for, for entrepreneurs as they're continuing to move forward, trying to move forward, trying to move, and it's not winning and it's not winning and it's continuing to move forward despite the not winning, because eventually if you, it will come out and you will win, but you've got to continue to, to move forward and, and, and you may not continue to move in that same direction. You know, and I, and I tell a lot of people, you can't really write the book because if you write the book, you're going to miss those opportunities along the way because you're trying to do this one specific recipe. It's probably not going to work like that. So I don't want to miss the opportunities. And if something, if the wall keeps hitting you, maybe that's not the proper direction. And maybe you need to divert into another place. And that make other that other opportunity may come back around when you're ready for it. Right. Yeah. And that has happened to me where certain things that I was so passionate about and wanted to get it done. I just continue to hit the walls and eventually I'm like, you know what, for some reason, this is not supposed to happen yet, but eventually it did come around. And I believe that was because I was finally ready for that next step. And, and so you don't always know what's happening. Right. right. Yeah. I, I never know what's happening. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's so true though. Right. You know, it's like, it's like that funny meme that you see going around where there's somebody in a tunnel, you know, with a pickaxe and there's like one on top and one on bottom. And the one on top is where somebody quits, right? And it's like, there's a half an inch to the other side. That's where most people stop, right? And, but the real, the real beauty is going through that process, going through that painful thing. If you're starting to feel pain and you want to stop, that's it's for, so for people who have given birth, that's, that's when you need to push. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good analogy. (laughs) I remember saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And then, and the nurse got in my face and was like, you don't have a choice. (laughs) Okay. You know, okay. I'll do whatever you tell me, you know, but, um, (laughs) but it's true. You know, we often have like a breakdown before we break through and, you know, we don't always have to have it, but we might feel like quitting. And there might be a time where we're like, Oh, this just isn't working. But like you said, you know, maybe we need to to pause. I have my clients do this a lot. Pause, lean back, take a look. I'm not asking you to stop being in motion. I'm not asking you, I'm definitely not asking you to abandon your dream. But just right. because maybe, maybe we're focusing on the wrong thing right now. You know, right. maybe, maybe there's, yeah, maybe you hit a wall and you're staring at the brick in front of your face and there's a door five feet down and you just right. need to walk five feet to the right and you'll find the door and it'll open. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? And yeah. there's this, this one particular, uh, and this photo that I brought into one of my women's classes and it, it, it was a, a really cool photo of this woman that was that was in a tunnel and, and she was looking for the light and it said, I couldn't see the light. So I lit that bitch and I just went running. Towards <laughs> and I, I love that because like, that's so true. Like we don't see the light. It's okay. Just light it yourself and go. Like, <laughs> we'll own light. I love that. <laughs> I, I need to find that. I'm going to send that. To you. Okay, please do. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to put it up in front of my face. Right. Yeah, there's times, yeah. you know, we all struggle. There's times when I'm like, I don't know what I'm 
doing it? You know, but then I'm like, no, but I'm so strongly committed to this that I, if I don't know what I'm doing, that's okay. It's not the how it's not the how that even matters. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, that's what we get caught up in, but you you can't get caught up in that part. You just have to continue to see where you're going and, and you'll always figure it out. It's, and if you, this is the other thing, if you're not sure, ask someone, this is something that I'm just going to pause on this because I really struggle with asking for help. So I'm just going to go ahead and self-disclose that I am like, <laughs> my name is Tracy. And I confess that I have a very difficult time asking for help and accepting it. However, one of the things that I've learned is that if I don't know how to do something that doesn't have to stop me, there's probably somebody who does. So I can literally send a shout out to my community and say, Hey, I'm up against this thing. I have no earthly clue how it's usually it's not earthly is the word I'm using <laughs> how to, you know, how to get around this. Right. Who can help me? And there's always going to be somebody who's like, oh, I know that, or I know this tech person, or usually it's technology for me. Like, you know, somebody, somebody can come and show you the way or, or ask you a question that's like, ah, I get it now. So please, 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 please ask for help. Get the support that you need. You know, I know that from having your partner involved, more involved in your business, it's probably opened more doors for you, not because of him, but because the burden of the day to day and all the, how the heck do I do this stuff is, is lifted. Yeah. Well, and also the perspective, Mm -hmm. the perspective that he offers, because, and this isn't a a business owner problem where we're working in the business instead of on the business because we're, because we don't have the resources to do everything, but uh, you can't always see all of the, all of those opportunities and all of those, those different things and perspectives that are critical to being able to move forward. And he offers that to me on a regular basis where he's like, you're not seeing it. <laughs> right? I like, see it. What I do you mean? I don't see it. You're right like, now <laughs> and you don't see it. Right? right. You're standing right in front of that one tree in the forest. Right, right. Right. And he always says, your passion is not everybody's passion. Right. And we like, and, and he says that to me all the time as I'm so excited and ready to go forward. And, yeah. and, and he's like, yeah, that's great. But not everybody's, you know, going to see that they don't have that passion like you have. So how are you selling it to them in a different way? Because they're mm-hmm. not going to care about that. Right. And, and so that, you know, some of those perspectives that he has brought in has helped me move mm-hmm. forward faster because otherwise you're continuing to step over yourself because you can't see it. Right. Right. <laughs> That's and, such and a that's great really, point too, right? We get, we're being in the personal development world. It's really easy for me to get caught in my language of what I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And people are like, what the hell was that? What does that even mean? <laughs> right. So we ha- we need to remember that. Like, I'm sure that, you know, you could be like, oh, domestic violence and, and prevention and empowerment. And, and people are going to be like, what does that even, right. what, what do I get? Right. So yeah, that's an interesting thing too. And a great, a great thing to remember is get someone who's not in your industry Mm -hmm. to look at your marketing copy or get someone else to do it for you even better. Right. Um, But if you don't, you know, currently have the resources, find a trusted advisor, not someone who, not just someone who loves you, but someone who wants you to be successful is someone who just loves you. Here's the distinction. Someone who just loves you is going to agree with you, even if it sucks. So you have to be careful of that, right? You want to, you want someone who you trust to be really honest with you, even if you don't like what you hear. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that's also challenging. Right. Because sometimes he'll say it and I don't like it and it takes me a while to process and then come around (laughs) because I'm stubborn, but, but I will eventually. (laughs) Part of your stubbornness is, is, you know, your strength and your charm is it gets you, it's what's brought you forward. It's what's gotten you out of, 
you know, a, a bad relationship that could have become, you know, really bad for you and for your son. And and now here you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I mean, this is, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so glad for it. And nobody even has to know what you had to do to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Shh, secrets. Um, <laughs> so this is the point where I would love to ask you, what are your three best pieces of advice? And it doesn't have to be related to business. It can be whatever. So what are your three pieces, your best pieces of advice for our listeners? Well, I think really the, the passion about it is what's bringing you drive. So if you don't have the passion, it's going to be difficult to be running on your three hours of sleep for three weeks because you, and you know, you ask, why am I doing this? Right. And my passion is because I'm going to help those people with their crime prevention. And that's, what's always driving me because it's not about me, right? Mm. I'm doing it for someone else. Sometimes if it's for only about you, you're going to give up. I'm doing it for the people, right? That, that gives me a different shift in my abilities to keep moving forward. Um, I think the other one is really accepting that, you know, you, you're not going to be everything to everybody and you're not going to be able to do all of the scope of things that you need in that short period of time that you think you're going to do it. I'm very impatient. <laughs> I'm very busy. I have a big vision and I want to just get it all done, but that's not always reality. And you can't let that be a defeatist thing for you that it's not happening fast enough because it, there's a lot of moving parts to everything if you want to do it right, because you don't want to have to backtrack and, and, be, and because those things may be things that may cause you to give up later. So if you can just kind of make sure you're seeing what's in front of you and, and just being able to just stop for a second and, and not get frustrated because you're not able to conquer the world in two days, you know, and enjoying the journey. Really? Like you said. <laughs> I don't know why not. Like I, try, I do a lot of things like that. <laughs> it's your passion, right? Your passion is like, but I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. So that's great yeah, advice. Exactly. And I think yeah. the other one is that it's never about the money. I think if it's about the money, it looks different. And, and you're, that's when you're going to potentially give up because you're not seeing the money. I believe the money will come if you are feeling passionate and driven and you're doing something for the greater good it's going to come to you. It doesn't matter about the focus on money like that. If that is a focus, I've seen those people. They're not self-fulfilled people. They may have the money, but I don't feel like they're self-fulfilled and they've had to do a lot of things to compromise their integrity along the way to be able to get to that place because it's been about the money. For me, mm. I'm not compromising my integrity if something is hard, but it's the, it's the proper path that's, that's keeping my integrity, that's fine. I'm going to take that hard path because it's not about the money. It's about the path of integrity throughout this entire thing, because you never know where you're going to go, where you're going to be. And you want to be proud to look back and say, I did all of this with integrity. And maybe some of it was hard and maybe I took the harder path. But that was because I wanted to maintain that. And I feel happy that I did that. I don't have those regrets. Wow. That's a huge, a huge life piece to bring in because without integrity, we have nothing. We don't have trust. We don't have connection. We have broken agreements. We have, you know, we make promises we don't keep without integrity. We have nothing. That is, that's huge. Wow. Well, where can we find you? How can we support you? You're in 14 states. There's a lot of people who could who could 
you know, be in contact with you. And and maybe there's people in a state you're not in yet who can, you know, create (laughs) some, some demand for you. Cause I know you're not busy enough yet. So. Right. I need to go some other places. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it must get boring traveling between 14 states all the time. (laughs) Anything, anytime. uh, So our website is girlonfire.life. So L-I-F-E, we decided this is the lifestyle of safety and, uh, and lighting everybody's fire. So we're Ignite Your Power and, uh, and Protect My Brother. Um, so girlonfire.life is probably the best place to find us. Okay. And uh, we have a lot of our classes on there and they can contact us right through the website. And if they want special group classes, we can do that for women, for groups, for, for men, for permits, for, you know, there's a, such a broad scope. Anything crime prevention, we essentially do it. And, and so we're to help people and guide them on on their right path to safety. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, Jody, this has been such a pleasure. It's been so wonderful to hear your journey and to see how well you're doing. And your mission really, really touches my soul. And I'm sure that it's touched our listeners' souls. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me here and be able to deliver my mission. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I want, I, I want people to know that they do have access and I want uh, they need to know that so that they can hopefully feel less vulnerable in their communities. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success. Thank you.